Welcome to the Unfunny Kevin Show. I am your host, Kevin Melody. There's a fire truck making noise in the background. So I apologize if you hear that. Um, happy Monday, July 26th. Welcome to episode 33-0. Um, I'm so grateful for everybody that has listened uh, since day one. When I started making the show, we were in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, and it sounds like we still are, so... So you feel like nothing's really changed. Um, no, you know, it's it's cra- It's truly amazing that I get to do this every week and I don't take it for granted. And those of you that listen every week, I truly appreciate you and I do not take you for granted. So let's get the show started. Uh, quick updates. Just some cra- just some shit. I, last week I talked uh, about my dad and all of you, you know, have a relationship Uh, with the show. And so you kind of know what the deal is. Um, Things are kind of, I mean, it looked like they were going to be okay for a little bit, but it hit a new weird uh, point where he just, it seems like it's just kind of the same thing, like where he's just kind of lashing out and trying to get someone to feel sorry for him. And that that's normal. You know, it's fine. Just like weird emails and, and a, a series of weird things. Like, I guess he lost his wallet and he lost his phone, but he said he got mugged, but there's no police report. But, you know, it's again, it's like unclear, but that's all. It doesn't matter. He drank and he continues to drink. And I get that. But the, the hospitals have been, you know, I got weird calls from like caseworkers begging me to uh, speak to him and have him stay because he, he, he just keeps leaving. So I, I spoke to him like last week. I said, please stay put. Friday, he was supposed to go into like a, a new sober living and they were going to transport him and, and get him all set up. I said, call me when you get there. Still haven't heard from him. And then he sent some kind of weird email uh, to his parents, uh, my grandparents, saying that I was holding him up at gunpoint with three others and all this crazy shit. So as I, which is like... <laughs> obviously not true i was actually at a wedding this weekend and um i had a really crazy productive weekend i celebrated my mother's birthday which was great so i did a a bunch of amazing things none of which led to me shooting my dad or holding him at gunpoint as much as i may have liked to have done that (laughs) and fucking uh i i did not so you know it's it's been crazy but look this show's about positivity to a certain degree and being, you know, sharing my experiences that I find both funny and interesting. So I'm going to move on from that, you know, just a quick update. But uh, last Monday, I started, um, I think I told you guys, ACA, which is Adult Children of Alcoholics with a like so, like a focus in PTSD. Now, for those of you that are listening, you know, look, PTSD is not hilarious, right? It's, it's not something I can uh, go over comedically, you know, with you in the right light. It, it is kind of funny because... It's like your your it's not your imagination run amok or whatever. There's other you know mental conditions that are are arguably funnier. But what I'm you know what I was dealing with, what I was going through is like essentially, and I can talk about it in greater detail now because I've been talking about it all week. But but it's like you know as a kid there was this framework that you kind of grow to live in and it's 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 the it's you're governed by whatever that addict's situation is right so when you're a kid and you're growing up in a house let's say it's a dysfunctional home which can be fun there's there's 
without argument, there's fun. Go back and listen to Drunken Dancing on the Table listening to Kiss. That episode's hilarious. I, I mean, I've talked about it. You know, I grew up in a household where there was one person that was quite a rock solid and there was one person who was essentially you know every other day you didn't know what you were going to get as a matter of fact every night you didn't know what you were going to get and i was pushed to the brink sometimes and i i look back at how frustrated and angry i was as a kid like i wasn't that angry and violent when i was really little and then when i hit middle school around that time when my dad i thought i was 13 when he first went into rehab and like once I, you know, I'd gone through puberty, like brutally young. I went through puberty when I was like 10, but when I was 13, I was like, I'm a full grown man. <laughs> like, and I've got a beard. I, I'm, I, my brain is in another planet. I, I was not like other 13 year olds. So, and I was also dealing with things that were not regular for a 13 year old. And so, and there was like sports, like I had sports, I could take out a lot of aggression, but fuck like the fighting, just fucking people just I couldn't I, I would lose my shit. I remember when I was 14, I bought a punching bag and my dad thought it was hilarious because he was like, there we go. Like he can beat that thing up and take his focus off of me. Like the 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 sick joke in my house was like it was clear that my dad was like poisoning everyone. You know what I mean? Like that was clear, but it was that there's nothing nothing's gonna really change. And we were kind of subject like you know, th things could change if he were to like, uh, get a break and sell, uh, sell his cartoon that he was working on. Or like if, if circumstances changed, you know, everything would get better. So there was this huge like investment in this one person. So there's three people, me, my sister, my mother that are like dependent and waiting on this person to change. And when you're basically held hostage to their behaviors and, and their sickness or whatever, you know? So here I am <laughs> years later, having spent the last 10 years, uh, a big bulk of it focusing on him and trying to help him not realizing there was 18 years before those 10 years where I was shaped into that person that was kind of conditioned in many ways to constantly worry about him. And it wasn't until I sat in that fucking ACA meeting, I did it on a Zoom, that I realized, holy fuck, I am truly not alone. And it it gets even weirder. Like, I don't want to say weird. I guess it, it is. No, it is weird to me, right? It's weird to me because I didn't know these things existed. Like, I, I guess I kind of knew in the back of my head, but I didn't really know. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew there were groups and I knew there was help and I knew, but like, I just, it's, it's part of the condition of growing up in that environment and then dealing with it as an adult is you, you kind of think like, oh, you know, this, ex this experience is unique to me, but it's not. And like, it's hilarious. I found <laughs> one of the things they did is they're like, go buy the red book. It's like this ACA book. And I said, okay, you know, I'll buy the fucking red book. And I went and bought the book and I, the first thing I noticed on, I was like, you know, I'm going to read the reviews on Amazon because we're all creatures of habit. I'm not that it would fucking matter. I need help. You know, I don't know why, but I'm so conditioned even when I'm in dire need of some fucking help and someone refers a book, I'm still checking the reviews. I'm still me. Even in a crisis, I'm still me. 
So I, I, I pull up the reviews and this review killed me. This like number one review on Amazon is like a five star. I mean, the, the book has like 99% five star reviews, obviously. But it said, not all of the information is incredibly profound. But this is the only mental health book that's ever changed my life. I'm like, all right, we're on board. This sounds good. My parents are both alcoholics. I'm like, Jesus. I lived with only one growing up, the abuser. I was like, what the fuck? I had a decade-long relationship out of high school that really baffled me. Whoa. There you go. Okay, I, I relate to that. I was disgusted by this person, and they didn't treat me well. Me being with them pushed others away, and I couldn't understand my undying loyalty to them or why I stayed out of pity instead of love. I also have issues with my impulse control to some extent, and I fail to take care of myself. Oof, that fucking punched me in the fucking head. And that's the thing. I can always take care of myself. I can go to the gym. I can, uh, you know, cook. I can, you know, I can do all the stupid surface level things, but am I taking care of my brain? Not until last week. Now I am. But anyway, my parents are blah, 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 and they push others away. I also have issues with impulse control to some extent. I, I get that. I also had a hard time understanding my uh, my why my role in the family was different from that of my siblings. <sighs> I knew the answers somewhat, but having them put into clinical terms makes it so easy to identify and then move forward in life. My life has done a complete 180 since. I had the realizations last year. It's empowering knowing where your behavior comes from, how to identify behaviors that don't serve you well, and how to act in a manner that doesn't allow your childhood to dictate the rest of your life. Holy fucking shit. How to identify behaviors that don't serve you well and how to act in a manner that doesn't allow your childhood to dictate the rest of your life. That is fucking amazing. This, this review saved me. I was done. Like I read this review. I was like, I don't even need the fucking book. But don't worry, I bought the book. I'm, I'm in the program. I'm going to a meeting tonight. But I'm just saying, like, I didn't have this perspective. You know what I mean? Like, and you guys are experiencing this fucking with me. We're doing it together. You know, email the unfunny Kevin show at gmail.com. Share your shit with me. I'm happy to read it because I think it helps. You know, part of this human experience is enjoying this like collectivism of others understanding you right? Like it feels better to be understood than it does misunderstood, right? So having this uh, outlet, this option, I'm, I can't tell you guys enough. Now I start talk therapy this coming Thursday. So I'm doing the fucking ACA and I'm doing the talk therapy. I'm even doing physical therapy to fix my shoulder. I'm using the insurance shit, man. I'm fucking <laughs> you got to be proud of me to some extent, right? I'm doing all this shit that I'm supposed to do and it feels really good but I but there is that feeling of shittiness there is that feeling of hopelessness it creeps up at night I won't lie take some melatonin smoke a Lucy J CBD this is the part of the show where I'm going to tell you about those uh Lucy J CBD pre-rolls if you're trying to chill and relax or forget about your fucking father who's telling people that you held him at gunpoint after a long day Lucy J CBD pre-rolls are the best bet the CBD version of Lucy J is not intoxicating, but most people report a sense of well-being and uplifting mood from the CBD flower in the pre-roll. There is a calming effect from the CBD and terpenes in the premium hemp flower. Go to at Lucy J CBD on Instagram and Facebook. Give them a follow. Let them know you love the show. And check out their store locator on their website, LucyJCBD.com. Check it out. See if it's near you. They got e-commerce coming real soon. Uh... 
So yeah, um, and it's crazy. I read the whole, you know, uh, the solution, the ACA thing. It's nuts. These symptoms of the family disease of alcoholism or other dysfunctional family made us co-victims, those who take on the characteristics of the disease without necessarily being a drunk. I've paraphrased that. We learned to keep our feelings down as children and kept them buried as adults. Oof. ACA becomes a safe place for you. You will find freedom. Now, look, I'm not going to share. I mean, because there's anonymity. I'm not going to share the exact stories um, that I heard. But what I'll say is the power of comparison is strong in, in, in a negative way, in a good way, right? So if you're at home and you guys are on Instagram all day comparing your lives to others, it's strong. Comparison is strong in a negative way. <laughs> but if you go to one of these meetings and you hear like, you know, both my parents were uh, alcoholics and uh, they would uh, fucking throw me off a roof every night. You're like, oh my God, that comparison is good. And that you get you get the relief of knowing people have survived fucking worse. And you know that. We know that, right? We know that. Everyone survived worse. But it's just a good thing. It's a good environment. I can't recommend it enough. It's nothing particularly there. I mean, there is something funny about it. If you go there, there are, you know, some of the stories are absolutely insane. You can get a good laugh out of it, but it's definitely worth checking out. And uh, that's kind of my update about that. I uh, I did post, uh, last week I posted questions like the 11th hour. And uh, I posted questions today. So I'm going to pull this up here. Someone had asked, how's your dad doing? I was like, that's not a fuck. I mean, it's a given. I'll tell you about that. <sighs> okay. Let's see. What's the craziest interview you've ever done on Tapped In? Hmm. Tappedinmusic.com. Be sure to check it out. Craziest interview I've ever done with Tapped In. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I, I think the most, like if you go and watch our episodes, uh, I guess the most unique experience was David Sebastian. He's like truly an out of this universe type person he's extremely creative i talked to him i think i talked about him on the show before but his music's great i mean he's really unique he does these like amazing uh he has this amazing business where he employs people on skid row they uh they work in a big warehouse that he owns and they make clothes and they sell the clothes and the clothes goes right back into the community so he not only pays and hires people on skid row and employs them, but he runs these things. He's doing a fashion show uh, where they're going to sell limited edition shirts on Saturday. If you go support that, um, the proceeds are going to go to get clean water uh, and showers established, like sustainable eco things so that a lot of these people on Skid Row have access to clean water and showers, and hopefully he's employing them. And so, you know, he's going to solve the problem himself. This motherfucker is awesome. But when I interviewed him, he was also like trying to light himself on fire and he was just so fucking funny. That must have been, that was probably one of the craziest, uh, I guess, personalities. But I don't know, craziest interview in the sense of like, I don't know, shit went nuts or viral or something. Like, I don't know. I need to be a little clear about that. But I think one of the, all I know is one of my favorites was Jaleel. If you look up this dude, J E. L-E-E-L, exclamation point. Jaleel is this kid who 
you know, by all accounts, like he, he, he kind of created a gimmick where he just yells his name and then rips his shirt off. And he's fucking, he's skyrocketed. He fucking skyrocketed. And his music's pretty fucking unique. It's funny. He has like this really high pitched, um, like I think it's like an auto tuned up voice, but it's also like this like six foot eight black dude who's ripped and he has this hilarious voice and um, his music's not actually bad. That's the funny part. <laughs> but the craziest thing is if you watch that interview, we didn't know that Jaleel, uh, like we knew he like rips his shirt off and stuff. But we didn't know his plan for the show. And at the very end of the episode, he just like kicks his chair back and there wasn't much space in our studio. And he does these backflips. That's what he does like at shows and stuff. He does a backflip and rips his fucking shirt right at the end of the episode. It was absolutely insane. And we were uh, truly caught off guard. <laughs> like it was fucking nuts. It was... Uh, uh, very, very interesting. Um, God, that was so fucking crazy. Uh, so yeah, so that's, I'm going to, I'm going to stop there cause we're actually almost at 20 minutes. So I want to be sure I can cover some other shit. Uh, okay. So last week I had planned on doing stand up five nights a week. And, uh, because of my work week, I work a fucking, you know, job on top of all of this madness, uh, and all these different things I had to do. I wasn't able to get in any stand up over the weekend. I did get to go to a wonderful like marriage uh or I guess not marriage ceremony, like a wedding ceremony over the weekend that was beautiful. Um that was really nice and fun. Uh but you know, and that did make me wonder. I obviously constantly fucking uh I live in my head in many ways. But um, you know, cause so many people had to do like, you know, COVID weddings and COVID. Th- and it was nice that like these people, they waited, you know what I'm saying? Like they waited, everybody got vaxxed and whatever. And they, and it was just beautiful to like be with a group of people that like truly love one another. And, and it was like a, just a good vibe. Um, it's something you can appreciate. It's better than the fucking zoom. You know what I mean? Like just, just be adults here, wait. And then, you know, it's funny, but anyway, uh, yeah, so I didn't get to do a lot of stand up. So that's going to happen this week. From what I can tell, I have a huge interview that I've been like preparing for fingers crossed. It happens this week and it's not like, it's not clear what date it's going to go down on. So I'm just kind of waiting, but hopefully it goes by smooth and I get that interview in the bag and then I can just fucking chill out. Cause we got a bunch of interviews saved up for tapped in that's at tapped in on Instagram, tapped If you want to watch the show, uh, we appreciate the support, but yeah, so this week, um, it's looking like I'll likely be, uh, at the fourth wall, uh, comedy in, I think it's K town. I did, I did it in North Hollywood, but I think I'm going to go to K town and then, uh, likely the NoHo diner. I'm going to try to do flappers. I might even go to the ha ha this week. I'm kind of like trying a uh, ha ha North Hollywood in case you're interested. If you follow me on Instagram, uh, unfunny Kev, I can, you know, you can keep up with me there. It's where the the stand up shit is going to constantly be last second for me, especially with this week's schedule. But all of that being said, um, I'm excited to, you know, just keep fucking pl- plowing ahead and plugging away at the uh, the stand up and the shows. And um, you know, obviously, I I really appreciate the support. The best thing you can do, uh, send in, you know, whatever questions or whatever you have the unfunny Kevin show at gmail.com. But also if you have an iPhone, 
in the Apple Podcast Store. Just scroll down the show page and go to uh, the review area. Give us a five-star review and leave a comment. It really, 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 truly helps. Uh, We're still trying to erase the fucking one-star review that some goofy bitch left us. So please, (laughs) if you can, and continue to share the gospel. That is the Unfunny Kevin Show. And I'm going to be here with you, obviously, next Monday. I hope you guys have a fucking beautiful week. Uh, And I look forward to talking to you next week. (laughs) 